I mean, I mean, are you ready? You're not getting that. Sorry, that was good. That, this is how it started. We're starting like this. This is yeah. the beginning of the of the show. Hello, everyone. I've been working uh, on that all day. We're back. <laughs> Cranked and ranked is back, and uh, we've got we've got a big two parter here, and it's going to be a lot of fucking fun. Um, if you're new to the show, Cranked and Ranked is a podcast and YouTube show where we uh, rank band discographies from what we think is the least good to the most good. It's a very long discussion, and the discussion is more important than the ranking, really. Um, And uh, we go off on a lot of tangents, and I'm sure we will because we haven't seen each other in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, We had to take a couple weeks off um, uh, for, for several reasons, but one of them was that Eddie went to the Download Festival. Yes. And um, got to see Metallica, among other bands. Twice. Well, yeah, twice. Yeah, Which, And it, it was two different set lists like they're doing, right? Completely different. It was incredible. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Any, any other highlights from that you know, that you enjoyed? You know, I was fucking blown away by Ginger. Ginger were really... Oh, cool. okay. Yeah. 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 Much more of a modern metal band, but, you know. Yeah. The the front woman, her name is is she's incredible. Like and yeah. the band are, are great too. The sta- the stage presence from them. They just absolutely brought it. But yeah. 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 The the first day was the main day for me. The rest of the days are kind of like picked and and, and chose. But yeah. Did you see Carcass? I sadly was only able to catch Carcass from afar, but I did oh, hear okay. I, I did hear their set and okay. they were they were great. Stuff happened during the day that eventually led to me realizing, ah fuck. I've left it a little late. If I stay here, I'll hear them. <laughs> but if I uh-huh. walk to the arena now, I'll catch maybe the last song. So I was like thankfully I was in the eco campsite, so I was like within hearing range. So, okay. so at that point, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to crack a beer. I know the songs. I'm just going to listen to them fucking bring it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure that because I don't I have never gone to a festival because I don't like being out in the sun, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> for, the, for those of you who are watching on the, uh, the video, I apologize that you have to see my arms. Um, but not only. Re- I think it's a refreshing <laughs> change. You see your not shoulders. Only, <laughs> Not only is it uh, is it a hundred degrees outside, our air conditioning is a little bit wonky oh, right now. Worst so it's, time of year to go tits yeah, up, and we probably won't get it fixed until like Tuesday. But um, it, I mean, it, it works. It's just there's something that needs to be replaced, so it's very weak. So during the day, it just right. starts to get warmer and warmer, and then finally at night, it cools down. But so I, this is comfort right here. I do not like showing my arms to anybody. And it's funny, on the video, Eddie, the, the Brit, has a very nice tan, and I look like I'm standing in line to see The Cure. Yeah. <laughs> look at that. I wore a yep. fucking sleeve... I wore sleeveless shirts 
yeah, the entire yeah. time, and you can tell. Look at that shit. <laughs> you know, I, but I'm starting to get more comfortable with this because, like, I've, I've, I've re- very recently seen a lot of bands, especially in the death metal side of things, where there's, like, chubbier dudes, and they're all just wearing cut-off shirts, and they don't give a shit. And I was like, well, if they're, if they're fine, I'm fine, too, then, I guess. Absolutely. But, um, but I also feel like today, since we're doing corn, a black tank top is a very Jonathan Davis thing. And, it is. Yeah. And I'm wearing Adidas nice. uh, sandals. So, you know, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm I mean, I have an Adidas tracksuit also. Nice. It's just it is just not the weather for it right now. I want to find one of those ones. It's like the purple that like he wears sometimes. I would so love that. Anyway, um, then they switch over to Puma in like 98 or or something, because like apparently did you ever hear about that? Like apparently Puma paid them a, an obscene amount of money to switch over to their tracksuits instead of Adidas. But, or but what song? But what song? What song could they write with the an acronym or whatever? P U M A. Put you put. I don't know how to because it's not all day. I dream about sex, and then Puma is pull up, pull up. My ass. M- my ass. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. I, I, are they back to Are they back to Adidas now? I feel like I always see Jonathan Davis still today wearing Adidas gear. I, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I think it was just like a, a publicity move at the time that or, or something. That feels, that feels wrong. I don't know. Puma should be ashamed of themselves. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, we're doing Corn Part One because they've got 14 albums, and we're doing the the bottom seven today, and the top seven next time. Before we begin, I just got a, a comment on one of our videos, and I just wanted to read it and give a shout out real quick. Um, Father Stack was commenting on our carcass uh, video, nice. and he says, "Peanut butter platypus." I've peanut butter platypussed about 50 of your podcast, and you are definitely one of my favorites. Fucking love you guys. Greetings from Scotland. Oh hell yeah! So, uh, so we want to say what up, Father Stack? What up, our Scotland peeps? Um, yeah, that's great. I love I love seeing that kind of stuff because you know there are some episodes we do where where we where there's there's a lot of attention and then sometimes some are a little more quiet and it's good to get those reminders that like oh people really like what we do yeah and yeah, some a, people get really disappointed when we take weeks off mm. <laughs> and yeah. so. Uh, so uh, I, so we're back, and uh, and we're this is gonna. I'm really looking forward to this one because I love corn. Yeah, and the band too. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> I was gonna say as well. Like it's so funny that you bring up, um, you know, a shout out to a to a Scottish listener when we're talking about a band that has bagpipes in it from time to time. I think is, almost every album has a bagpipe part on it. Yeah, except for maybe one or two. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. It's it's actually like it, I always forget that it's there, and then whenever I remember that, oh yeah, Jonathan Davis can play the fucking bagpipes. Whenever he pulls that out, I'm just like, yeah, you know, this is fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So so yeah. So we're, we're we'll uh, we'll get we'll get going. Uh, first part of corn, but we'll as we normally do, we talk about like where corn came into our lives, and um. Mine was their very first video for Blind. And I don't remember ever seeing Blind on MTV. 
Because mm. I don't know if I don't think at that point they were a band that MTV was playing. I might be wrong. Maybe they got played at some point, but I don't remember that. What I do remember was I saw that video several times on an access television show where they played music videos. And honestly, like I liked it, but I wasn't 100% impressed with it, which is weird because now the song, I'm just like, it's a fucking banger. Yeah. But at the time, I think because there were, I felt like there were a lot, because wasn't it around the same time that the first Deftones album was around, it was in the same year, I think. Oh, and then I'm, I'm were, not sure. Let me look that and then up. There were there were other bands like uh, like Downset that were doing like a hardcore kind of thing. Obviously, Rage Against the Machine and Biohazard. I would throw into that. There was this group at the time. I didn't quite understand how impactful corn the what corn hmm. were doing was going to be. Am I wrong? Did they were there were there were the corn and Deftones albums in the same year? Good God. Fucking Deftones formed in the 80s. What the hell? 1988? <laughs> there's, that, there's, that video, there's that video making the rounds of back when they sounded like fucking Sublime. And it's all wow. like Chino going, End up, and I'm like, all right, great, Chino. Uh, Adrenaline came a year later. In a year later, okay. 90, 95, yeah. But, so maybe um, it wasn't until 95 that I that I saw the blind video because I remember also seeing the seven words video from Deftones and all yeah. those things. But um, but I, I wasn't a fan at first, but I had a lot of friends who were at school yeah. and um, and I would go you would go to somebody's house. And if they were smoking weed, you guarantee at some point one of the first two corn albums was going to be on because nice. I loved those albums. And, um, and of course I, like a lot of people, I really started to pay attention to them when follow the leader came out. Yeah. And then I, I would say at that point I was a fan for several years and then I kind of fell off, but then I found my way back with their last couple albums. And now I'm just doing that thing where I feel really dumb that I haven't just been on board with everything <laughs> you've done for the yeah. whole time. Because I'm just like, man, all this shit's fucking great. Um, which means, which means it was a really rough ranking. But when was your your uh, were they were they on a, a, a Grand Theft Auto? They no? weren't, but they were one of the earliest heavy bands I did get into. Um, before I really discovered like the early '90s stuff, and I was just being exposed to what was being played on Kerrang. And scars those like music music video TV channels, yeah. Like corn were on a lot, and lot lots of corn songs are bangers. So, like yeah. the the amount of times corn came up, and I was like, I really like this. This is yeah. fucking cool. And I just remember thinking to myself, okay, I need to get a hold of a corn album. Well, I went to you know one of those little HMV trips. Well, mm -hmm. I found uh, one of those like three album, um, you know, packs that you yeah. can get, and it had "Life Is Peachy," "Follow the Leader," and "Issues," uh, and I knew most of the songs from um, "Follow the Leader," and so I kind of stuck with that one mainly. Dabbled in the other two, but that was like my main yeah. one, um, and I had like a little bit of a new metal thing before ultimately getting more into thrash, grunge, uh, eventually glam, 
And that that was around the time where I became more interested in the 80s and the early 90s. So Corn mm-hmm. and new metal in general kind of like took a backseat to my interest until pretty much until we started doing this podcast when we started doing episodes like system of a down and and limp biscuit go check those out if you haven't heard them yeah Um, yeah but yeah this podcast i think really reignited my love for that like mid to late 90s early 2000s new metal stuff as well because i feel like i feel like it's the last era at least to my ears, where every band is like unified but unique at the same time, you know. I, I think a lot, a lot of like subgenres when they first kind of start to blow up, that it seems to be that's the way it is. Mm. It's a group of bands all kind of fitting in the same area, but all having their own unique sort of spin on things, and like, then like like grunge, handful. Yeah. And thrash metal and and death metal, um, but then you just give it several years, and all of a sudden, it's just a whole lot of bands that are, yeah, just lesser lesser versions of bands you've already heard. Copy of a copy of a copy, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, much like all genres that oversat oversaturate and end up killing themselves as a result, you know. But uh, I know. always say that that's a you know it, it's a. You can. Everyone complains about that, but I say that that's a testament to how powerful that particular subgenre was. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you if you get to that point where you have that kind of reach that they're like signing up who the fuck ever, then I'm all like, wow, that's a that's that right there is an important subgenre that you know needs to be taken uh, seriously. And so yeah. you know, but I think the problem was with new metal and the same with glam. Was it eventually got hard to take it seriously because yeah. it became a lot. It see it started to seem style over substance yeah, after a little sure. bit, um, and unfortunately for me, like the, you know, I guess it's not unfortunate. I don't know. It's it's unfortunate because I'm I feel disconnected from the from the world a little bit this way. Um, I was already completely over new metal when Lincoln Park started. And then people right. were like Lincoln Park, and I'm all like, how how does anybody like this band? And I still feel that way. I hear any Lincoln Park song, and I go, who? I mean, this is fine, but <laughs> it's not great. I think I would um, put it, I think I would put it down to Lincoln Park being, and you know, this ain't me shitting on them because I do like so, quite a few of their songs, but like, yeah, I think the problem is they're like the less spicy version of new metal where it's like it's stream yeah. is streamlined and cleaned up a bit more and it, it seems it, very paint by numbers where it's like okay this part needs to have some some angsty vocals this part needs a rap <laughs> part this part needs a wiki wiki and then the, like it's that somewhere on youtube from ages ago there's a there's a parody of linkin park and it's so funny and it's just a, it's just a bunch of dudes like standing in the desert, you know, uh, and they're like, uh, computerized beats. We got them from the start. Chester comes along and sings this part, and it's like it's so fucking funny. Like it, like yeah. you know, d- don't get me wrong. Songs like Crawling in the end, all all that stuff is you know, they're bangers of a generation, yeah. but. I definitely yeah. do think, you know, when I think new metal, I'm definitely leaning more towards corn, corn, uh, <clears throat> limp biscuit, yeah. um, you know, that 
the ones that really lean into it. I feel like Lim uh, Linkin Park are the pop version of new metal, and and I think they that like would, it that and way. And that would make sense how they have the, how they have such a. It seems like a universal appeal. So I guess that would make sense because if you're if you cross over into that world, you yeah. got to have the. You got to have the uh, the elements that are going to please a large number of people. Yeah. So yeah, but we're not talking about Lincoln Park. Maybe one day we'll get to them, but you know I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> Today is Corn, which which arguably is the band that's responsible for all those other bands. Um, yes. Because like even like Sepultura, you know, took a note from the first Corn album and you know, got more groovy and stuff. And, mm -hmm. um, I, yeah. So, so yeah, at the time I did not know how important that album was, but now I know. And now we've got 14, which I, I think I, I messaged you yesterday and said like yeah. 10 of these albums are fucking fantastic. And the other four are still good. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where like putting them in an order was a little bit of a headache for me, but you know, it was one of those things where I just, it felt okay. And then I just stepped away from it. And then here's the order. So, um, so let's jump in to our bottom seven corn albums. And as usual, I throw it over to Eddie and he's going to let us know what his number 14 dead last corn album is. Will we match up? It's quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK. Uh, so now I have it in my head for some reason that because you respect stylistic turns um, that you would have this at least a little bit higher. However, oh. in, how, however, in this case, because it's such a departure for me, and I also have hang-ups about the time it came out in my life, however, setting that aside, I'm going to be brutally honest, my number 14, solely based on the fact that it is not what I go to corn for, it is the mm -hmm. path of totality. No man, there's no. We're nowhere near that album for me. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Um, really, though, I have. I don't really have any legitimate, like, put downs or or shit ons for the album. Sure. I think they did a really good job of doing like a dubstep take on the corn sound. Mm -hmm. um, it just so happens to be that when I think of corn, I think. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 not blah, 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 you know? So yeah. Also, around the, around the time the album came out, Skrillex was very trendy. Yes. So it almost seemed like a, like a Hey Fellow Kids move. Yeah. <laughs> but but they, like, I think they pulled it off. But yeah. I, I am in agreement with you that they pulled it off. And I have po I have very positive things to say. There, there is not a corn album that I dislike like and I'm very much of the mindset of considering how how popular it is to hate on new metal and, and shit on bands like Korn Korn mm. are so consistent like yeah they've put out good shit all the way through um so yeah Path of Totality it's the dubstep album um so you know they're co collaborating with Skrillex Noisia a bunch of them uh and to mention all of the fucking features on this album would be exhausting so i'm ignoring that <laughs> uh, and i'm just going to talk about the songs as they are so chaos lives in everything coming right out of the gate with that oh so early 2010s wubba dubstep bass now 
here here's something right here's i've finally reached the point in my life where i can say that i lived through something that is not in style anymore and that is the absolute explosion of dubstep when it yeah. when it came along right what was like 2010 skrillex really exploded and you would not get through a bus journey without hearing <laughs> coming from like a year eight's phone for about four straight years um yeah. and i i just remember there was a big divide whether or not you know if you liked metal you were an emo by default yeah. you know and if you liked stuff not like that you were a chav really it's just silly labels and playground shit but yeah and I was and I and I was yeah. and I was fucking you know already in my thirties or whatever at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I been, didn't care one way or the yeah. other. You'd have been thirty-two <laughs> and I was twelve. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. I'm gonna be honest. That period of high school was not a good time for me. So it 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 does remind me of that era. But you know, I've I've managed to finally the the fact that I got through the album is testament to how far I've come as a person <laughs> that, yeah. that I'm able to di finally divorce things like that from a piece of art and my own personal bullshit. But yeah, K Kill Mercy Within is a vibey one. My Wall, I get a slight Nine Inch Nails vibe here. Now, I will say, Narcissistic Cannibal is a fucking banger. I remember when this came out and, you know, the group who loved all the new metal bands were hating on dubstep. When this mm -hmm. dropped, they were in such a state of confusion and backpedaling, it was hilarious. Like, within a week, they had Skrillex on their phone. And it was like, what side of the fence are you on? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, that was an eye-opener for me to just stop caring about shit like that. Um, Illuminati, conspiracy dubstep core. Uh, Burn the Obedient, dubstep with growls. Very 2011 um sanctuary is an unsettling one let's go there's some cool side chainy stuff going on get up loved the song when it came out still do and i love feel these fluorescent green glowing bass strings in the video and mm -hmm. that i was just i remember seeing that at, at 13 years old and thinking this motherfucker's got glowing bass strings that's cool as shit um way too far more vibes bleeding out again I don't hate this. It's just that this is the sound I'm least likely to seek from the band. So yeah, th yeah. therefore it it ended it it ended up at the bottom, kind of like how, um, oh, fuck, what's that? Um, what's that Slayer album that's a bunch of punk covers? Diablo. Oh, oh, uh, undisputed, uh, attitude. undisputed attitude. Yeah. So like, I I don't hate it, but it's the least essential for me um yeah. fuels the comedy is kind of sassy and groovy intentions a pounding dubstepy closer honestly like i say not a bad album um just sonically the least and this is the only context where this will be a positive adjective the least corny of their discography <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah uh i'm i'm going with path of totality at the okay. bottom not because it's bad but because it's just a little out of character 
Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with the out of character part, but that isn't that isn't an actual gripe that I have about it. The, 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 the these. These few albums here, I do have legitimate gripes about, even though I do enjoy things about them. This is the one I have here is weird because a, a corn song that I absolutely love is on this album. I but can guess overall, it. the album, what is it? It's corn three. Remember who you are. No. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay, close, okay. Th- close, though. Uh, my number 14 is Take a Look in the Mirror from okay. 2003. Now, um, the song Y'all Want a Single is a fucking banger. I love that song. Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Um, so it's their sixth album, and it's the last they put out with the original lineup. Yeah. And, and um, it's my biggest issue with this album is that it's got this weird dry production that almost sounds like a demo. Like, yeah. It's re. I'm really just like I, I and and I know that early two thousands. I think a lot of bands did this. We got we got to get more stripped back, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe that was the point. But this is like this came out the year after Untouchables, an album mm-hmm. that apparently cost three million dollars to make, has a really big sound, and then a year later, there's this album that apparently was rushed. Not mm-hmm. only because they had to go on tour, but also because they'd spent so much fucking money on the last album that didn't really do that well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I read that. Well, we'll get to Untouchables, but I, yeah, I I I, uh, I read that like when it comes to like housing and all the things they needed for the time it took to make the album, it was a total of around three million dollars to make that album. Wow. So take a look in the mirror. I guess they were just trying to like look. Let's put something else out and let's go on tour. Um, but the 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 production and everything just makes the album just feels lazy and sluggish, which is two things I would never think I would equate with a corn album. Um, and the songwriting seems a little bit uninspired. Once again, maybe this is because it was rushed, you know, and I have said it in the past, sometimes being rushed can make you do some of your best shit in my opinion. Yeah. But obviously other times it could be, you know, lesser because it's, you know, I don't know, especially with the standard that corn had said at that point. But um, maybe with better production, it could have been more enjoyable. But it's so weak that, like, every time there's a part where a song is supposed to, like, kick in, mm-hmm. it always, like, sounds weak as fuck. And I'm just like, who approved this mix? Like, <laughs> who would listen to this and be like, yep, that's what we're going for. That sort of build up to nothing really happening. And that's a fuel cool few cool parts throughout the album i guess but uh nothing that makes this a memorable album and um what's even more sort of disappointing for me is not only do i love y'all want a single but also when you have an album and you're like oh there's gonna be a song and Nas is on it even that song is underwhelming and i'm just like all right well you know they get points for being able to throw this together very quickly but the 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 lower quality in the songwriting along with the bad production it just makes this an album that is an absolute not go-to album for me in the corn discography um that being said i sp- i probably play y'all want a single at least a couple times a month just because i'm just like i got to get pumped up for something yeah. that, that's one of those ones that just always does it for me absolutely but, yeah overall the album i think is their weakest so that was my Number 14. Fair enough. 
I like that one a little more, but uh, with that, I'm going to jump over to my number 13, which is Corn 3, Remember Who You Are. We, we matched up. Ah, first matchup. This, this yeah. might be... We'll, see, we'll have to see if we can recreate the helmet episode where we had a virtually <laughs> the same ranking. Um, so yeah, Corn 3, Remember Who You Are, the, the return of Ross Robinson in mm-hmm. in pretty much they said it themselves it was a bit of a forced effort to get back to their roots after a couple quite experimental albums in the mid 2000s yeah um and this album starts strong but it doesn't stay as strong as it starts <laughs> yeah so also so you yeah. speaking of Ross Robinson like, I don't know what happened to Ross Robinson, but in the late 90s, early 2000s, if his name was on it, the album was a banger. And then all of a sudden, several years later, bands kept going back to him and they were weak as fuck sounding. And this is the second weak as fuck corn album on my list. And I'm just like, I don't understand somebody that could bring out that kind of sound from bands. And then later on, there's several bands that went to that went to Ross Robinson, and I'm just like, man, they could have done so much better. Like, wh- what is he doing? And, and so, but yeah, Dude, I, it's it, it's it's disappointing because it needs to be bigger and thicker, and it's not. It's a little bit. It's yeah. yeah there's a lot of weak sauce going on there. I've currently got Ross Robinson's albums discography up, and it, it is yeah. staggering. You've got Corn, uh, Adrenaline. Roots by Sepultura, fucking mm-hmm. Life is Peachy, a $3 bill, y'all, like, Slipknot's first album, Iowa, yep. like, yep. Jesus Christ, like, looking through this, it's it's like a who's who of that entire era, yeah. and then, you know, like you say, something along the way got a little lost because, in translation. Yeah. yeah, there's a few albums he did from this time period, 2009-ish, where I was so just like, oh, Ross Robinson. And every time I'd be like, this, what is, something's not right here. It really is. And I, and then, I mean, maybe it was that whole sort of thing of, of uh, backing away from the new metal thing and being like, oh no, this won't be so in your face. But some of this music, that's what it needs. It needs in your face yeah. production. Um, I thought that too. It, like this album sounds really it, thin. Yeah, like, but it is the first with Ray Luzier on drums, and that dude fucking rules. Yes, yes, he does. So, um, uh, yeah. So with that, um, mm-hmm. Uber Time is like an intro kind of track to Oildale, Leave Me Alone. Uh, great stuff. Love the chorus on this one. When I got into heavy music, this song had just come out. So when I saw it on, on TV, I was like, oh. Nice. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just leave me alone? Yeah. Um, almost, ha- almost has like a Doctor Who kind of rhythm to it, doesn't it? Maybe that should be a mashup. Yeah. With the I really the love the... Bleep, 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 uh, my, <laughs> I absolutely love, and you probably agree with me, I absolutely love the late 80s version of the Doctor Who yeah, theme. we're all kind of you know, 
it was very like they just did everything on synthesizer yeah i mean maybe the first one kind of was too but like this one had a very it sounded very 80s and then the the beginning was all like lights and neon and shit and like really early pixar cg tardis yeah floating in space with a bunch of fucking asteroid looking shit yeah cool stuff but that song's um, great, though. I mean, every every single one of their albums has bangers on it. And yeah, that's that's the thing that's uh, that just to say about Corn is that even the albums that I don't like as much, you you play certain songs from it, I'll be like, it's an undeniable banger. Absolutely, like even even the like Pop a Pill's got a cool riff in it. Mm-hmm. Fear is a place to live. It's a dancey beat with some heavy bits over it. Move on. It was at this point the the album really f- feels weirdly thin considering the riffage and the band in question. Yeah, um, I mean, if you stack this next to, I mean, how do you make an album that sounds like Untouchables and then end up here? You know, yeah. and, and it's wait, did it was he involved with Untouchables? He had to have been, right? I don't think so. I don't oh, think that not? one was him. Oh shit! Did he do issues? Oh, he only did the first two. Yeah, I don't think because I think ah. the, the it was the guy that does Pearl Jam. Didn't he do issues? Oh, was that um, Brent, Brendan O'Brien? Is that Brendan O'Brien didn't Brendan O'Brien uh, do a couple of them? Oh, I got I got a little mixed up there. Either, yeah, I mean it's, uh, yeah. I, I mean their their early albums sound great to this day, and this one this one just screams loudness wars to me. Um, yeah, there's a lot of issues with it. Yeah. Yeah, not not is not. Yeah. The, I I have no issues with the album issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, lead the parades got a bit of a swing to it. Let the guilt go is a catchy one. The past heavy viber, never around is a cool song. Are you ready to live? Sorry, are you ready to live? Uh, some cool drumming on this. <laughs> are you ready to live? To live. <laughs> like like you say, Ray Luzier. Cool drumming is an understatement. Yeah. That dude is a beast. Um, both their drummers they've had have been fucking beasts, man. Um, yep. Holding yep. All These Lies is a heavy but melodic track. Trapped Underneath the Stairs. <laughs> like that Harry Potter lad, isn't it? Um, and, uh, is that, that's Korn's yeah. version of, of yeah. Trapped in the Closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who remembers that? Oh, that, was a, that was a thing for... I guess I guess people don't talk about it anymore because it's like you know R. Kelly. Uh, no, we're, I, we're we're done we're done uh, with him. I still regularly revisit the Weird Al version, trapped in the drive-through. That thing is a classic. Oh, yeah. I just remember. The, so we the, head out the front door, open the garage door, then I unlock the car doors, and I open the car doors, put my key in the ignition, and then I turn it sideways. <laughs> but um, I, I remember when I when they were first releasing the trapped in the closet things, and it, the, and it was literally the exact. It's it's so lazy because if you listen to it, it's the exact same track just played like ten times. Yeah. There's no differences in it. He just sings different lyrics and every single one is supposed to have like a cliffhanger at yeah. the end of it and i just remember i and i don't know if this, these are the exact lyrics but in my memory this is how it ended and all of a sudden he goes and the man was a midget 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 that's the end of the, of the track like that was the big reveal at the end of that one is that a man showed up to the house and he's a midget and I just, 
<laughs> I just remember like, sorry for little people, but that's oh. the word he used. And um, and I was just I was just like, that's the twist here. But anyway, that was a, that was a series of songs that R. Kelly put out where it tells a story where he's I think he's at some lady's house and she's cheating on her husband mm. and then he's going to come home. So he shuts himself in the closet to hide and all these other things happen. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was the weirdest. My brain had not thought about trapped in the closet for so many years, and all of a sudden, trapped yeah. under the stairs <laughs> just <laughs> opened that part of my brain up. But uh, anyway, where were we? Uh, we were at People Pleaser, which is a uh, heavy closer. Honestly, like corn doing corn well, unfortunately, it doesn't sound good compared to other albums so you yeah know, that that lets it down big time um and you know calling it corn three remember who you are and then not hitting the mark is just a bit of an ouch um also also can we talk about how this is their worst album cover both versions of it is the worst corn album cover because yes. it's there's a thing that that was so common in the early 2000s where everyone from metal bands to emo bands, the album cover was random young girl standing somewhere. Or yeah. I, I was just like, holy shit. There's so many album covers yeah. that just random girl. And I'm just like, all right, I don't know. I don't get what the what the trend was. But that but the second cover of the album with the girl standing on the side of the road yeah. That particular album cover, there's at least 10 other bands that have that exact same album cover of yeah. random girl standing on side of road. And I know and, they I know they tried to go down the route of like recapturing that, you know, sinister, you know, evil child snatcher silhouette vibe from the first album. Like I I'm pretty sure that yeah. was that was the the thing that they were going for. And I feel Perhaps. like I feel like the one with the dude looking out of the car windows is a bit more effective, but the the one the one with the girl just standing by the road just either screams to me Nickelback or tonight will be the night that I will fall for you, you know. Yep, like absolutely. You know, it's it's just that's, absolutely that's the vibe I get. I like the idea yeah. of being stood around an oil refinery. That's that's pretty metal. But, yeah, uh, but so yeah. the album's better than the album cover. Um, yes, I, I think I think overall it's a good album, but it is a, to me. I liked the experimental things, so this really feels like a band going. Oh, pe some people didn't like that. All right, here we go. We'll do this. Feels like and, a backpedal. Yeah, and on top and on top of that, they were going for a more stripped down approach. But these songs don't need that they need more and ross robinson coming back should have given them more and they don't have more it's it's just not it's not good enough for me um not a bad album just not good enough and um another one of the few albums from corn that are that that are not go-to's for me hmm. um so much so that like this particular album is one where i don't know if i had ever even listened to it before we did this ranking Oh, what, because this one, Corn 3. Corn 3. Yeah. Because as I was going through it, I listened to it a couple times, 
And the first time I expected there to be more songs that I recognized. And I was like, no, I guess I've never listened to this album at all. Wow. And so, um, but after, even after hearing it a couple times, there's really not much that's going to bring me back to it. So it's, uh, I mean, it's good. If you're a corn completist, then it's essential, but it's a uh, corn. It's not, it, it, it's a corn pleatist. Ooh, I like that. Um, but yeah, so it's my number, it's our number 13. So moving <laughs> a corn farmer. <laughs> I'll, I'll, are, edit the, these, I'll, I'll edit that out. These, these jokes are corny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 12. Okay, yes, number 12. Uh, this is where um, I feel unsure of myself, but also quite justified at the same time. My number 12 pick is the paradigm shift. Hey, my number 12 also. We matched up again. Hey, look at this shit. Hey. Look, look at this. Hey. Um, so, yeah, Paradigm Shift. Uh, now, is this the album where Head comes back? Yes. Okay. So this was, tw- this was 2013, and this was the one where it was the big deal because Head came back from being a religious weirdo or whatever. Uh, after they stopped know. giving Head to God. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) so yeah uh, the paradigm shift Uh, let's let's just dive on in so pray for me spelt pray as in you know I catch that and eat it Um, great opener cool cool song Uh, Mm -hmm. love and meth love that riff what we do has a cool groove to it Uh, spike in my veins sneaky vibes Mass hysteria uh, is just down and dirty, slinky groovage. Paranoid and aroused, um, essentially my two moods. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Never, never. uh, (laughs) Uh, Now, there's a part in Never, Never that totally could have been on Path of Totality. There are, there's like electronic elements still left over on this album from the previous album, but they've definitely jumped back to doing more guitar-driven stuff. Um, Punishment Time. That dissonant riff is crushing. Like, there's like two or three songs on this album where I'm like, oh! Yeah. Ooh, sheesh! Um, Lullaby for a Sadist is like a ballady-ish type thing. It's about as close to a ballad as Korn would ever get. Um, yeah. Victimized has some like weird off kilter bits in it which i like it's all wrong cool uh wish <laughs> wish <laughs> oh man you missed a trick right there you should have yeah. been like it's all wrong it's all right and it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's all right <laughs> uh, uh wish i wasn't born today is a good penultimate track and uh tell me what you want uh is a uh, jaws theme esque closer um, like I said, there's a few leftover remnants of the electronic influence, but they've definitely gone back to a guitar di- guitar-driven rock vibe. It's good, but it's not up there with their greats. Yeah. And well, the over- interesting thing is, is that this album came after Corn Three, so they had already gone yeah. away from the electronic stuff, but then some of it seeped back in. But I've always liked how they've flirted with electronic stuff and dance stuff and other stuff yeah um so it's i i always like that stuff it's always welcome for me on a corn album um 
So Paradigm Shift is the is the last one where I would have to say that I'm not a fan of the production. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big, even though like there there are good songs on here, the I feel like they went a little bit too far into trying to recapture a past era. Like even so much so they're like, hey, heads back. And they were also like, this album sounds like issues or, you mm-hmm. know, and and I'm just like, yeah, most of the time when somebody when bands try to do that, it doesn't sound it's that doesn't work out. It feels underwhelming it, when bands try to do that. Now, Corn yeah. eventually figured out a way to actually do that, in my opinion. Yeah. But on Paradigm Shift, it was still like, you know, they kind of had they kind of knew they wanted to go back to some classic sounds. But I think that the problem is that this album lacks some variety and some of the excitement of those early albums. Yeah. So if, it's like taking some classic sounds but it doesn't quite have the urgency and that sort of, you know, always trying to break new ground. The, at this point, there's no, there's not really any new ground broken for corn on this album. And mm. I mean, it has, it has its moments and I do enjoy some things on it, but yeah, it's uh it's not one that I'm super crazy about. So that's also my number 12 um, paradigm shift. Okay. Nice. We're, we're- rolling on through this so yep. uh my number 11 is uh, it could have multiple names you could call it the untitled album you could call it corn oh. you could call it corn too um you call it sweet corn cream corn uh whatever it's up to you they specifically Elote in, in yeah. mexican in mexico <laughs> they specifically called it the untitled album like, yeah. like it's referred to as untitled. Um, as we we did not match up on this one. Yeah, I yeah I I, I thought not. Um, <laughs> so like, the thing for me is, I like what Corn do here, but mm-hmm. again, again, I'm going off of like gut feeling, instinct, mm-hmm. solely to make this ranking easier for myself because. You and I both know this is one of the hardest rankings we've ever had to do because it's yeah. very consistent. Yeah. Um, but again, like I say, I like corn when it's um, so I'm gonna jump into Untitled. So, intro it speaks for itself, but it's got a spooky carnival vibe going on. Um, kind of bungle esque, if you will. I, I have this, I have this memory in my brain from when I was in high school, or was it junior high? I just remember, I don't even remember what album it was that I had. I brought because I always brought like my Walkman and some tapes to school, mm-hmm. and I remember some some kid was like looking through my stuff, and he was looking through one particular album, and he saw that the first song was called Intro, and he, he literally said these words: "Intro, that sounds like a good one." <laughs> 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 I don't know. I was like, oh, I mean, it's it, it's the intro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for what it is, yes, very good. Oh, that's that's great. Do you remember what album it is? Do I don't remember? remember what album it was. Oh. Um, but I, but I just remember that moment of me thinking, this is a person that doesn't know music very well, and so it was like intro. That sounds that sounds like a good one. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Like, that's funny. That's really funny. Like, I'm just envisioning it in my head. Dude busts out a cassette. Dead serious goes, 
intro. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I don't know if you, but I don't know if you've noticed this, but being people like you and I are, you inevitably throughout your life run into these people that it almost seems like your world of being so immersed in music is completely foreign to them. Yeah. Totally alien concept. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so just things that are very, just like a given to us, other people look at it and go, um, what, what is this exactly? And you're like, how could you not know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I, but I've, but I've come into contact with so many people where it's just like music means absolutely nothing to them. And so they have not bothered to learn anything about it. And I'm just like, cool. I mean, that's, that's your life, you know? Yeah. Wow. Outro. There's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. They did it twice. It was cool. a really cool idea that they put intro at the beginning and outro at the end. Like, how, who thinks that way? <laughs> they, these guys are on another level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. This <laughs> sometimes comedy writes itself. <laughs> that's true. It's absolutely true. Oh, oh that's incredible. Um, oh, fuck. Um, so yeah, uh, the untitled album. Um, intro. St- we, we we got we yeah. got as far as yeah. intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm starting over now uh, with the song. Okay. Starting over. Uh, ah, t- wait, like it. See, mm-hmm. sounds like a good one. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, it, this album kind of really builds off of the weird and wacky stuff that happened on See You on the Other Side because you know, head left and they took a bit more of a different direction. They worked with pop producers, they wanted to try something different if they couldn't do what the original lineup did. So you also have to remember that like part of the the way this album sounds if you think about it cuz it's I think it's mostly produced by Atticus Ross yeah. who is now who is now a full-time member of 9 Inch Nails. I'll so, I'll get there. I'll get okay, there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, you, you know, you've got starting over which, you know, takes things another step in the direction of hooky but weird which, yeah. you know, is you could argue that that's a lot of corn, but this album is less focused on the dun dun and more well, I, on the I think the the equation atmosphere. is usually like hooky, weird, heavy, mm-hmm. and then this just the heavy it's kind of been taken away. Yeah. This it's quite just a, the same thing with Path of Totality. It's the same thing. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, it's funny because I'm about to say, bitch, we got a problem. Uh but <laughs> You know, it's funky and groovy. It's cool. Um, Evolution. I remember hearing this song uh, on the bus coming from my friend's flip phone um, because he had it as his ringtone. Um, Wow. Yeah, yeah. Shit like that is starting to make me realize time waits for no man, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Because, I, I, you know. Absolutely. I'm, I'm 25 now, right? I am the age that you have to look like to be old enough to to buy things over here, there's this whole think twenty five thing over here. If they oh, look, okay. if they look younger than twenty five, you need to ID them for you know, alcohol, cigarettes, knives, whatever that may be. I'm getting sidetracked. What I'm saying is, I'm legally allowed to say these damn kids. Um, so with that, you know, thinking back to when my friends had 
Motorola razors and would mm-hmm. listen to corn out of them and thinking like what we have now you know yeah oh, <laughs> oh yeah oh, i like how, i like how we i like how we both have ladies on our phones when you hey, open them up hey De- devoted <laughs> men right we are, we are we are good husbands slash boyfriends that we are um so yeah <laughs> hold on it is uh is a cool vibe to it um Kiss is a band formed in 1972 by Paul Stanley. And a popular song by Prince from the 1980s. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now this is where I was going to touch on the Atticus Ross stuff. Uh, It really struck me at this point in the album that I was sensing a strong Nine Inch Nails vibe. Yeah. Ever Be is strange in a cool way. Love and Luxury, more Nine Inch Nails vibes. Innocent Bystander, some cool, cool bits in that. Killing, I really do get a 2000s Nine Inch Nails vibe throughout this album. Mm -hmm. And, like, obviously, now that I've remembered Atticus Ross, duh. But, like, at the time, I wasn't thinking thinking that way. I was like, wow, this really does sound like Nine Inch Nails. Um, But with Jonathan Davis over it. Um, Hushabai, Creepy Lullaby Vibes. Um, I Will Protect You has some absolutely mental drumming in it. Um, this album is corn at their weirdest in the sense that, you know, it's not like twist weird, but it's more what can we do to expand off of what we can do? Where later in the game, we can, we kind of have creative license with whatever we want to fucking do. Yeah. And this and I feel like this is the album where they did that the most. And I think it's cool. You got a lot of different flavors on this, most notably mm. a very nine inch nails one. Um But yeah, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. But but again, there's that thing of when I think corn dun dun Yeah. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I'm gonna be doing that okay. a lot. Someone needs yeah. to like make a compilation of every time I go dun dun on this <laughs> on this episode and the next one. <laughs> that's when you know we have really great fans when things like that start popping up but we're not that big yet when people aren't doing edits with yeah. our shit because really we've made... said we've said so many words in these in all these episodes we've done that you could just make us sing whatever song or rap song whatever you wanted to do if you just took the time but, yeah you know, whatever so some dude made a fucking race car out of us i mean that's so cool. oh yeah that that i racing model that um what's his name let's Let's give him a shout out I, on the show. I feel bad that I don't remember, but I'm also really shitty with names. I Let, barely remember yours most of the time. <laughs> okay, hang on. Okay, keep keep him keep him occupied. Get, give him the lowdown. Well, I'll explain. On. I'll explain what it is we're we're, we're talking about. Yeah. So over on the uh, the old head bangers and beyond Facebook group. Yes, I'm you know I'm an old man, so I have a Facebook group. But there's a lot of people on it, and uh, and one of our our fans. I guess on a game, you can design your own like race car and he designed it where it's, you know, the colors from our artwork, the pinkish and the black and white and all that stuff. And um, it has catchphrases on it. The back of it says peanut butter platypus and the car number is 69. Yeah. And it's got the GTA San Andreas logo on it. It's got the Sage logo. That's my band, by the way. Yeah. Also, I think at some at some point on it, it says without further ado. Yeah. (laughs) And it's got it's got front bum on the hood, which is even front funnier. bum on the hood. Yeah. yeah, 
Frump bum on the hood. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fucking um, really bad hip hop album. Frump did bum you find on the it hood. Or, or no? I'm currently sc- scrolling through um, the. God damn it! I'm scrolling through the the Facebook page, but you know. Oh, dude, you're not gonna find yeah. it's there's so that that Facebook is so fucked up that you, it, even if it's something that happened two days ago, you're, it's it's who knows where it is. Okay, but I'm gonna type um, in uh, i racing because I'm pretty sure. God. <laughs> I want to give this dude. I want to give this dude a shout out. God damn it! I feel bad that I didn't do it on another episode because I totally, uh, totally, or maybe maybe has it happened in our in in the gap here? Fuck, I don't know. This is we really derailed here, which is um, (laughs) it's fine. It happens occasionally, but I I feel bad. So, hey, dude, if you're watching this and you put your name in the comments, or I found him. You know, oh, oh, okay. The, The cranked and ranked late model. It's now available to be raced in iRacing. Um, yeah. So it's uh, Shane Cassacart. Okay. Shane Cassacart. Yeah. Great work, man. Uh, may- maybe if I can find it, I'll throw pictures of it in the video um, so people can see what we're talking about. But it it's, is fucking great. It's so cool. Yeah. The big pink 69 um, completes it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, so back. Back oh. to corn. Back to corn. Um. So I, th- I guess we're on to my number 11 because yours was your uh, number 11 was untitled. Yes, it was. And my number 11 is the serenity of suffering from okay. 2016. Um, so my complaints about the sound of a particular corn album ends here um, because the this is their 12th album. But it's the first one, I think, that they worked with Nick Ras- Rasculines, I think is how you say his name, Okay, who is done all kinds of amazing sounding albums. Uh, he did Rush's last couple albums. He did Mastodon. He did Deftones. He's, he's worked with all kinds of, of, of artists, and it should always sounds good. So this album sounds great. And it's better songwriting to, to, for me than the previous album. This is them, to me, almost getting to the point where I think they've mastered doing a taking old school corn elements and presenting them in a modern more mature way but i think with serenity of suffering it's still it's still not quite there yet for me um and it it really does like now now that we're this far into this band and you start hearing them doing these songs that do sound like they could have been off of early albums. There's, there's like two things that, that I'm reminded of. And number one, it's that their, their sound, it's very clear, like what made them such an important band in the early nineties, just hearing Mm -hmm. those sounds and you go, yeah, like it's, you can see why it inspired a shitload of bands to do similar things. There was nothing really up to that point that sounded like corn. There was true. There was was stuff that can make up elements of corn, like faith, no more rage against the machine, that sort of thing. But also on top of that, can you think even this far along in their career, can you think of another band that even sounds similar to corn? 
like doing the the combination of things that Corn do. I can't think of another band that does the same kind of thing. Even though bands have been inspired by them, and some yeah. of those bands have bands that sound like each other, Corn, I is still such a unique band. Yeah, it almost gives them license to be like, look, if we want to redo some shit you know, similar sounds that we've already done before. Nobody else is doing it. And if anybody tries, they can't do it as well as we can do it. And so it's, yeah, but my mind kind of jumps to loco by coal chamber, but not to the level to which yeah. corn do corn, you know, no, that, that, that clicky, that clicky bass, Like, yeah, but, mm, but in, but in the, in the respect yeah. of coal chamber, they're they don't have the dynamic vocals of no, no. Of, of of home dude. What the f- why? Jo- where's Jonathan my, where's Davis? Jonathan Davis. Holy there he shit! Is. Woo. Johnny um, Davidson. But, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Did you ever see? Do you ever see that documentary? No. That that's uh, it's, it's this Scottish guy with with Tourette's and like you know it, they've got they've got like a good sense of humor about it, but it's it's a you know. It's a debilitating thing, but the mm-hmm. dude's got a sense of humor about it, and it's just a it's just a great watch. But yeah, he's he's okay. called John, Johnny Davidson. And it just jumped into my mind. I'm realizing now that I just did an impression of someone with Tourette's, but you know, I I have yeah. a mild mild case of it myself, and I you don't mean to... that. I I do get like the odd tick every now and again, in uh, when I, whenever I'm stressed. I, so. I actually do have elements of that, too, that like nobody knows about, like not mm. even because like I, I can I control it. But if I'm ever like in a car by myself, I will out loud make ridiculous sounds because it feels really good. Hmm. And so like, I, I and I don't know where it comes from. So it's got to be something, some form of Tourette's or something like that. But it's but for me, it's controllable. But I I would be lying if I didn't say that, like, it feels good just to like mm. get some awkward weird shouty sounds out of me yeah so um, <laughs> yeah. anyway <laughs> but um but yeah corn corn doing corn in 2016 sounds great and really like the, the my biggest issue with serenity of suffering is that it suffers from the serenity of suffering from a little bit of sameness um where it's like you know, riff blur and vocal blur and things that like, well, I feel like I, I understand they're good. They're trying to, to kind of recreate some old school kind of corn sounds. But I think in this case, the songwriting wasn't quite to the point where it sounded very fresh to me. It sounds good, just not super fresh. Um, and it is one of those, like at this point with corn, and, 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 you know, from Serenity of Suffering on, even though I think their last two albums are better, Korn has gotten to this point now where they put out an album and somebody says, uh, oh, how's that new Korn album? And I'll be like, do you like Korn? Yeah, cool. <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah. like, you know, they 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 do Korn. And if you like Korn, you're going to enjoy this album. So mm-hmm. anyway, but I, yeah, I think that that from 10 on, they are nothing but fantastic albums to me. Those first four, I have my little gripes about, but now top 10 is truly probably the most stacked top 10 I may have ever done, where I'm just like undeniable 10 albums I think are fucking killer. So yeah. uh, let's let's move on to number 10. Cool. Um, like, I, like you said, it's 
pretty damn great from here on in. And, yeah. um, you know, b- barring one big leap um, between <laughs> an album you put at your bottom um, and me, I maybe have a, a couple further up. But anyway, number 10, my number 10 is See You on the Other Side. Okay. Um, now, this is the first album without <clears throat> this is the first album without head am i right <clears throat> i believe am i right <laughs> i don't have my notes for that one because it's not in this episode ah. but um but i think that you're right i do think that that's the one right after head left yeah yeah so i'm just gonna jump dive right on in uh, Twisted Transistor the video for this song was a total treat when I used to watch the Kerrang! and Scuzz channels on TV it's mm-hmm. got the band playing the managers and the record company and you know popular rappers of the day standing in for the band and it's, yeah. and it's like a Spinal Tap style mockumentary with like little clips in between parts of the actual song and just the fact that Snoop Dogg is in the video just makes it that much more. And and Lil John as Jonathan Davis as well is yeah. yeah, it's great. But yeah, as far as the song, I mean, goes, re- but, but I, really, I love but the really song. when it when it when it comes to having hip hop he- heavies in your video, yeah, you can't re- you can't do any better than break stuff, which has Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Dr. Dre. Yeah. <laughs> True, true. Yeah, I, I just you say. I mean, I, I, I mean this video is great, but yeah, it's like, come on, did you do you have Eminem and Dr. Dre in your yeah. video? <laughs> I remember the first time I saw the music video, I was like, was was Snoop Dogg in Corn? Bearing in mind, this is me when I'm 11, so like yeah. I'm totally new to this. I'm like, eh? Snoop Dogg's in Corn, <laughs> and I didn't know what the band looked like. To, so, to be fair, that's a collaboration I would be down to listen to—a a Corn album. Yeah. But Jonathan Davis just hands it over to Snoop Dogg for the whole yeah. album. Snoop um, needs to do a new metal revival album. A S A fucking P. That would be so sick. Um, see, that's that's a revival I'm excited for. I'm excited to move past the oversaturation of of gent and metalcore. We have enough for now. Let's let's bring things back to a simpler, more groove-oriented thing. I mean, I suppose you could argue those are groove-oriented, but we just need something to jump the fuck up to right now, I think. I, yeah. think, with, I think with the explosion of hip-hop's popularity in recent years and a, a void in popular rock music i feel like a new metal revival is coming we're gonna get there but right now unfortunately (laughs) what's happening is the hip-hop artists that are trying to experiment with rock music they're all doing pop punk so or or emo (laughs) or something and i'm just like you guys are kind of going in the wrong way then you go you you know take the rhythm you know it's like yeah, but I mean, I'm an old man, so I don't, I, I don't know what's what's going on in the world. And, and some, well, I'm you know, 25, I like, and I agree. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I do appreciate the bands that are that incorporate different things. Um, I think my problem is a lot of the 
quote-unquote experimentation going on in music these days, whether it's on the hip-hop side or on the metal side, it's so basic level. Mm. And I understand it because we live in a world now where I think a lot of people are not musically adventurous anymore. And so Uh. people will hear a rapper do a pop punk song and go, Oh man. So it's so different. I'm like, it's not (laughs) really because the song just sounds like rehashed, you know, want to be green day or blink One Eighty Two with worse production and worse vocals. Mm -hmm. But on the same, on the other hand, you've got, you know, uh, who's the, who's the band du jour today? Um, sleep token who literally are doing the most basic level of trying something different but yet metalheads are all like you just gotta open your mind (laughs) and i'm just like motherfucker we've we've a lot of us have been listening to weird shit and this is really basic level experimentation here it's like i I, I would go as far as to say the new avenged sevenfold album is much more experimental than i 100 agree i've never enjoyed avenged sevenfold ever and I listened to that album all the way through, and the whole time I was like, "Oh, all right." Um, <laughs> so kudos to them. Yeah, that to me is truly a band taking a risk because I know people fucking. Some people hate that album. Some people think it's great. Um, but but there are other things where just because you're doing a part of your song that just sounds like a pop song that would be popular today, yeah. that's not really experimentation. That's yeah. like. That's literally saying, well, here's some popular stuff. I'm gonna. Th- That's like more of like a poser kind of thing, wouldn't you say? Like, um, mother, motherfucker, anyway. I, I listen to Mike Patton's side projects. You can't fool me. Yeah, you can't fool me. <laughs> like, but I think, it, but but the, I'm not gonna fault anybody for being into it because I think with some people it might be their gateway to being into more interesting music. Exactly, so, and and. You know, I will say this. There's a there's a sleep token song I heard called I think it's the summoning. And I really liked it. It's like got a really cool like riff in there. Yeah. And then later on it's like a sexy funky thing. And I'm like, okay, I like that. It just there's an overwhelming amount of that album struck me as we have three components. Yeah, Ed, Ed, <laughs> yeah. Ed Sheeran, Gent, and Imagine Dragons. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and I appreciate genre mashing in any sure any capacity. You know, sure. I feel like if you want to come out and and be different, wholeheartedly respect it. We don't need any more cookie cutter stuff. We are in a world with so much we're so spoilt for choice now you know we're not having you know labels with a bunch of different bands and they're just plastered on MTV because it don't work like that anymore everybody's yeah. algorithmically fed things that cater to their specific tastes so if you like yeah. if you like X band that sounds like this and uses these guitar presets and this exact drum sample pack you are pretty much going to get 70 different versions of the same band in one playlist, you know? And maybe um, maybe that might be why Sleep Token is important because they're getting fed into the mm-hmm. algorithm for people that are getting 70 bands and then they happen to hear a Sleep Token song. 
Yeah. Um, so maybe that's that's what it is in this day and age. Um, but I mean, honestly, to me, like maybe, maybe Ed Sheeran a, wasn't wasn't fair. Maybe Sam Smith. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sam Smith's. I, I like Sam Smith more than uh, than Ed Sheeran, but you know, I don't really like either one of them. But <laughs> um, but the uh, but like there's a there's a recent band. Um, that I'm really into called Four Stroke Baron, and they okay. are legitimately something where I went. I was not expecting this. This is this has elements that seem familiar mixed with elements that are unfamiliar for me, and I think it's a very good combination of uh, interesting things. Um, their their last album, which is called Classics, it's literally like I don't. It's got elements of like post-hardcore, but also elements of modern metal. It's 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 mixed by, and uh, by uh, Devin Townsend, and nice. the vocalist sounds like Roland Oserbel from Tears for Fears. Wow! So it's so it's this odd combo of things that somehow just really spoke to me. Hmm. And so I hear other things that are supposed to be like different, and I go. I mean, yeah, I get I get why it's very good for other people to be into these things, but it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me because it doesn't sound different enough. But if hope where we were going, bringing us back around to this conversation, I really think we are you're, you're right though because of all these different bands and other and other bands. You know, Ginger is a good example. Yeah. Um, uh, Spirit Box. There's these bands that are like these newer ones that have this almost new metal ish thing, kind of. Mm. And I, I think that we're almost there. So I think that we're going to get because there is some new metal shit, but sometimes it's way too hardcorey, um, yeah. or uh, or there's way too much of that chrome glitchy, to the dome <laughs> there's that, that there's that glitchy electronic stuff where everything is like uh, you know it's like stuff like that it's like, but yeah. i think that eventually we're going to start coming out with these bands that are going to lean into the the new metal and we just might get some like new you know new new, an new, old, metal. An, <laughs> new new metal like an old style through new eyes and ears yeah. And I think that could be really cool. So I don't know. So I mean, we're we're it, there's there's always interesting stuff happening, and any rock music that becomes popular at this point, I'm just like, cool, get get I'm, get everybody into it. I'm very much all for heavy music getting back to the basics. We have you know we've added God knows how many strings to the guitars. We have. <laughs> We we have added so many time signatures to stuff. Let's just get back to what makes the fucking crowd move, the money riff, and yeah. make the whole damn song the money riff. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm Philip H. Anselmo. I've been in every fucking band. I've been in corn, super joint, shrimp biscuit. <laughs> shrimp biscuit. Rest in peace. Max Shinoda from Shrimp Biscuit, who died in 2003 from being too grunge. Just, <laughs> this just, is just whatever, whatever this is, just roll with it. Just, just Phil 
rattling off a bunch of misinformation. Oh <laughs> um, uh, man, how do we? Where are yeah, we? I don't no, even no know where. Wood. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, we we are. I don't. Okay, we're done with track one of "See You on the Other Side." <laughs> oh shit! Right. Twisted Transistor, which my my daughter loves that song. She yeah. like that's one that she hey added yo, to our. Hey yo, I love that. She. Yeah, I I, I just I just like that. Anesthetize this bitch. Anesthetize. Yeah. Oh, music do music do. Like I I yeah. I tell you I tell you what right. Jonathan Davis may not be like the most traditionally trained, um, quote unquote, like pretty singer. But the dude is one of the most identifiable people in heavy music ever. Like, I across, think he's I, one of the most. I think he's not, one of the best vocalists yeah. in in heavy music. I yeah. think that he's he's his uniqueness, his style, and he he can sing some good shit. But yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. He's not like your traditional vocalist. But yeah, I really think if you're gonna if you do like a top ten of of metal vocalist over the past like 30 years. Like yeah, Jonathan Davis is in the top 10 at least, if not higher. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. And I think he's like become a better singer as time's gone on. Like, yeah, he can I do, think so too. Like, you know, you hear it in the early days and it's very raw. Whereas now it's, it's like, there's so many layers of harmony and cool. Like, like extra yeah. shit he throws in. I mean, he's always done that, but he knows how to do it yeah. in the right spots. And it's, it's just great. The whole package of Jonathan Davis is just, you know, the, the planets really aligned when they, when it made him, <laughs> cause that dude is just so cool. And honestly. And the whole band, if you think yeah. about them, like, yeah. like, like I have, I have the, the VHS of like their very first, thing they put out i guess wow. it's when, it, it, i guess it's when they were making follow the leader not follow the leader uh 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 um life is peachy i think all i know is it's like there's early footage of them and stuff and just like seeing how unique everyone in that band already was yeah. and that they found each other i just look at that and i go man that's that's the kind of shit that you could not you know in, in my wildest dreams i would never think of getting a band together like that. Yeah. It's like, I almost feel like every single member of the band is a very important component in their sound. And, and and they got to this point now where they've just replaced one great drummer with another great drummer. Um, But I just, it's just, it baffles me because I'm just like, you're right. Jonathan Davis himself is so unique, but the whole rest of the band, I'm just like, it's crazy that those dudes just, Lived, lived and knew each other in high school or shit. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild as well to think like, to think about their like early demo, like, cause people credit in retrospect now, Korn's debut being the first new metal album. Like, you know, yeah. Korn's debut is the kill em all of new metal. It, you yeah. know, ush- ushered in the, the you know this is day one basically but have you ever heard that like night need Nightmare's mind demo from like 1993 yeah. i mean when you think yeah. they were doing this shit early, earlier than that to have yeah. so to have seen that would be like it's like almost a portal to the future imagine seeing that 
having no idea this is a sound you've never heard before and then just so cool that would have been awesome but yeah well, one of yeah really one of the, one of the examples of somebody of people literally coming together and making something unique like that doesn't happen that often yeah um, so absolutely um but with that politics Yes. <laughs> They've definitely shifted from the uh, new metal focus over to poppy hooks on this album. Like, mm-hmm. yep. It, it, new metal was on its ass by the mid 2000s. You know, emo had taken over at that point. Um, so, you know, you hypocrites. I like the evolution of the sound on this album so far. It, like, mm-hmm. sure, it, it's different, but that's not necessarily a bad thing when, yeah. you know, you know, I, I am in agreement with you that to this point, um, take a look in the mirror is the weakest of the first six. So it was clear by that one, it new metal had run its course pretty much by that point. That you know, yeah, 1993 is basically the 1991 glam band scenario where it's like, ah, oh, fuck, Nirvana's here, we're screwed. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Souvenir's got a killer riff to it. Ten or a two way is a cool song. Throw me away, and eh? we see some Nine Inch Nails flavored stuff start to show up. Uh, yeah, love song. Um, Melody was never not a part of Corn, but this album really emphasizes it. You know, obviously being much more of a pop producer's mindset on this yeah. one. Open up. The, the outro to that that song is unhinged um coming undone love the groove to that song uh, i i used to love the video for that too like the cracks in the sky and it like falls apart really mm-hmm. cool stuff um getting off are those flurries of of double kick you know we've not really had any any double kick to this point it's largely just been groove focused hasn't it like yeah just yeah, boom, yeah you're boom, right kaboom, kaboom, boom, cat, like sort of stuff um liar cool for no one grooves seen it all cool <laughs> you know tearjerker really cool vibey closer you know the, the tearjerker almost feels a little bit before it's time you know i could hear that song coming out now um and it's cool stuff i think this album could have benefited from some fat trimming but it's pretty damn cool it's pretty damn cool as a, like a, a step in a different direction yeah. So uh yeah, that was see you on the other side. Cool. Um, over to you. My number 10 is the untitled album from 2007. Okay. Um their eighth album and uh their first uh without David Silveria. Um but they did get Terry Bazio on drums, yeah. which you know, if if you played with Frank Zappa, I mean you're pretty good, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and uh, I really like this album because it is another step in their evolution of them just saying, fuck it. Evolution. There you go. There you I go. I had to. Um, <laughs> but I really do. I just, I like that they, they, even at that point, so it's 2007, um, they're not at the point where they're just, resting on doing the same shit all the time. Now, sure, they do have albums where they did, you know, try to just do something they've already done before, but, you know, albums like this and Path of Totality, like, they they didn't have to do those. 
You know, um, it's like they could have, you know, in fact, some fans, you know, were against these these experiments. Um, but I think that that's what makes Korn such a great band is that it wasn't the kind of thing where like, all right, third, fourth album, we experiment a little and then we just groove into doing our same old shit. But no, like down the line, album number eight, they're just like, yeah, we're going to do kind of an industrial thing and not so much on the heavy thing. And, uh, and you know, they're, they're st- it's still heavy at times. But um, for me, this album, it's more like the the sound of it and the way everything sounds is just makes it such an interesting listen for me. Um, but I also think a lot of the songs are really good. Um, I really think that, so putting, I guess it comes to the point of why is it number 10? I like it so much. Um, coming off from see you on the other side, I think the self-titled or or the, the untitled album is not as engaging. Um, Mm. even though I, I enjoy the experimentation, it's not quite, it doesn't hold on to me quite as much. And I think around the middle of the album, it, may, it loses a little bit of steam. Um, but, you know, it, it's, I, I don't think there's really any songs that I would remove. I think maybe it's a, it's an, a song order and pacing kind of thing. Mm. But I would say that in this particular case, the things that I like about Korn the most is the, the interesting songwriting choices and the fact that they always seem like they want to experiment. And both of those things are present on this album. The thing that isn't as much present here, which I also like is more of an urgency and heaviness with their music. Like, like you said. Um, so that's why it's here at number 10, even though I think it's an, an amazing album. Um, there's more amazing albums than this one. And, um, so yeah, my number 10 is, uh, that one. Yeah, untitled. it's it's untitled. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um, my number nine, we finally get uh, an album you had much lower down, and that is "Take a Look in the Mirror." Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is this high for you, but but go for it. Um, well, I, I'm gonna say this now. For some reason, I just find myself drawn. For for corn, I find myself very drawn to that initial run of yeah, um, you know the original the, lineup of the band. The original lineup, yeah. So yeah. this is the weakest of that six, but mm-hmm. it's still that six. So I have a soft spot for it looking back because like I'm kind of coming back coming at it retrospectively. Like I was. I was five at the time, you know. I yeah. was watching fucking Sesame Street. Corn was something that appeared next to my veggies, you know. Um, so, you know, me getting into metal was a was a few years off yet. Um, that being said, though, I mean, it's it's a Corn doing a new metal album. It's not the best produced, but it's that lineup, and I like what that era was, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, right now, great new metal riffage going on. Yeah. Sorry, this is right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now, Jonathan Davis is scatting. <laughs> Do you ever like? Do you ever like stop and wonder? Like, 
about people in bands. Like you're just going about your day to day. And you you know you ever you ever like make yourself a bowl of cereal and wonder if James Hetfield is on stage at this moment going yeah, like like I've I've often wondered to myself like I wonder what this person is doing right now because yeah. multiple I, norm I normally of, don't but now I think I'm going to <laughs> yeah like think to yourself at some point possibly while you were taking a shit sleeping making a toaster strudel. Jonathan Davis at some point has to have been going, you're not, you know, like, or on the, on the flip side of it, I'm making a bowl of cereal and Jonathan Davis is taking a shit right at that particular time. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps Jonathan Davis was taking a shit while I was going, you're not, but oh, all that would, have, that seems oddly appropriate, but you know, conception. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Break some off, me likey, gnarly stuff. Counting on me is is more of that riffage. Here it comes again is a more melodic track. Uh, Deep inside is a cool song. Did my time. Angelina Jolie's hot as hell in that video, man. Jesus Christ, like, like, damn. You're talking. You're talking to the. You're talking to the wrong person. I never found her attractive in the slightest. But really. Yeah, but like as someone who was like playing Tomb Raider as a kid, I was like, I I can get behind this, you know. Gra gradually, my taste grew for <laughs> women women of a curvier variety. However, I I can't lie that part where her and Jonathan are like yelling at each other in the video. I'm kind of like, yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure we could arrange that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything i've known is cool play me featuring nas you know i, I liked it alive feel these bass tone is gnarly i'm, I'm gonna mention that a few times and mm -hmm. it kind of divides opinion but i personally think it's a crucial part of the corn sound um let's do this now is some bouncy riffage i'm done is melodic and heavy you'll want a single say fuck that Fuck, fuck that, that. Fuck, fuck that. Boom, boom, boom. That's a great song. Yep. And When Will This End is a heavy-ass closer. And, you know, I'm very much in the same boat as you that I do think it is the weakest of that run. Um, however, it does fall in line with that thing of when I think corn, I think yeah. that style of riffing and I think that approach. So... I'm coming at it from the what instinctively does it bring out of me in a physical way? Because Corn is very much a band that moves you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, therefore, take a look in the mirror, manage to be in the bottom half, but quite far up it. So, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I, 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 I am. I, I am in agreement about the production, though. To come off of Untouchables and then put out an album that sounds like this. I mean, it's night and day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Speaking, speaking of night and day, my number nine is Untouchables hey. from 2002. Yeah. Okay. Um, their fifth album. Um, so th this, is the this is the first one where I almost feel like it's just corn doing corn um, already. But... 
like I said, no one else can do corn, so that's not really that big of a problem. Um, <laughs> but I, I do have to say that that even on Untouchables, they're still it's still clear they're trying to progress a little bit with some of the things and the, uh, that they're doing and choices that they're making. There's um, a lot more synth on it. Yeah. What and but but they're still, you know, pleasing the fans. Yeah. Um. And at the same time, you can tell that they're trying to top what they had done before. Like, that's the mm-hmm. thing. Even on an album like this, where I don't think it's necessarily better than the ones that came before it, sometimes you can hear the effort of a band. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I would say that with Untouchables, it's very apparent the effort that was that was put in here. Um, and the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Um, but um, the biggest thing for me with this one is Jonathan Davis pushing himself vocally. And yeah. that's something that's always impressed me about him is that he really takes what he does seriously mm-hmm. and you can hear it. And not only the types of melodies that he writes, um, the range of what he's trying to do, yeah. um, ch- chances he takes in, in the things that he does in songs and I've always see really you liked that. to take a swing at me. Like, yeah. he gets really up there. At yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and I'm okay with when Jonathan, Jonathan, from, that's how they say Jonathan it in England. Jonathan from Travis. They say Jonathan. <laughs> um, and, uh, but anyway, when he does like the fal- a falsetto, I, I absolutely love it. And that is a yeah. thing, vocally speaking, that is a thing, vocally speaking, that I am really tired of. Like, yeah, Fal- dude singing in falsettos. I think Coldplay killed it. Yeah, I'm sing with some grit for fuck's sake, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I but I just it just got to the point where so many bands were doing, especially like in the early to mid two thousands. It was like uh, every band was doing. Still feels like that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like just. You know, don't don't no falsettos. Just you know, don't unless you're Jonathan Davis. That's yeah. fine. Or Tom York. I'll let Tom York get away with it. Yeah. But, you know, he was he's very good at it. But anyway, all right. Um, the second time I've mentioned um, Radiohead in, in a little bit. Somebody mentioned, said something about me mentioning Radiohead and said, are you guys going to do Radiohead at some point? I'm like, well, yeah, we, we fucking should. We should do Radiohead at some point. Um, what happened over there? Did you, <laughs> did you just discover that you were an android? <laughs> yeah. I've gained self-awareness. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking so, sorry. I, I, sorry, I cut you off there with my with my shenanigans. I, I went to like scratch like a tiny little bit of grit out of my eye and ended up just like yeeting my fucking contact out of my eye. If this grosses oh. you out, look, look away right now. Ah! I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to zoom in right on that. <laughs> there we go. It's back. All right. Cool. All right. We're all good. Where uh, where was I? Um, anyway, Undutchables, good album, some memorable songs, some same old, same old, but it's evident that they're uh, they're giving it a hundred percent effort. Um, it's too long, but yeah. you know, a lot of I mean, they're they're a band of the too long era, so fuck. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and I do like I do like the addition of more electronic elements um, in this album. Also, I think Untouchables. Is the first time we hear acoustic guitars in a corn song. At least that's in my memory. The first of their albums 
yeah. where there's an acoustic guitar. And that's for a band like them, that's a that's a big ass step right there. It's like, oh, okay, let's throw an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, and you say that and you're expected to be like, we'll go up to the sound of pouring rain or something like that. <laughs> but it's not. It's 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 not. But there's definitely <laughs> acoustic guitar in there. Um oh. anyway, um, yeah, um, a little bit of riff and vocal blur. That's why I'm saying it's corn doing corn because some of it I'm all like, I feel like I've heard some of these riffs kind of done in a different way before. Riff blur. Um, but still, still yeah. a really good album for me. So number nine is Untouchables. That that album's a really satisfying listen to. That's one of those albums you can fucking crank. Yeah. And, and you know, I that... Agree. I remember the first time I heard... Um, here to stay and like mm-hmm. i was just I had my head blown off by just how fucking hard it comes in that like dum, 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 dum. and yeah, uh, yeah. It, it did it again uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah uh where, where were we number eight number eight uh my number eight is the la- this is the this is the last one of the uh oh, shit, of yeah. the episode folks Okay, we're not going to we're not going to match up here. But well, what is your number eight? My number eight is the Serenity of Suffering. All right. Okay, so this to me is where modern corn hits their stride. They had a, yeah. a bit of a false start with the paradigm shift, but the Serenity of Suffering is is back in back in the zone. Um, insane is a crushing opener. Um, rotting in vain. I know I'm, I keep mentioning a lot of video stuff on this episode, but uh, the dude who plays Chibs from Sons of Anarchy is in the video for this song. So that's which one's which one's Chibs? He's the Scottish guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can, yeah. I I made it again. Through there's about... a lot of there's a lot of Scottish talk on this episode. Yeah, bagpipes. I, I made I made it through uh, two or three episodes of Sons of Anarchy, and I was just like, you mean I got to watch a whole show about people that I don't like? Because <laughs> I'm like, there's nobody in this show that I think is a good person, and I'm not rooting for anybody. Fuck this show. So I just stopped watching it. Fair enough. I, I watched the whole thing, but yeah. That was that was when I had time to invest myself in a series. Now I, I, I struggle to keep up with my crushing habit for listening to podcasts all the time and listening to music god damn <laughs> i listen to everything we, we, we at three have, times speed <laughs> we have we have we have really hard lives yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i am a content creator and i have it harder than you no uh is something lame people say <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah uh, Black is the soul, big melodic chorus. Uh, the hating, I I can't not headbanged so much of this album. Um, mm-hmm. A different world. Oh hi Corey, um, Corey Taylor is on this song. Uh, Take me uh, is a song by Kiss from. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand in my pocket and grab, grab onto, onto my, my rocket. rocket. <laughs> Uh, uh, everything falls apart. Parts of this feel slightly genty. I, d- I did notice like a slight dalliance with like what was happening in metal music at the time. You know that kind of that genty sort of vibe. Um, yeah. But 
Corn are never going. Corn aren't going to go into the you know prog zone. They're going to do really impressive stuff, but at their core, they're four to the floor, money riff. Um, yeah. Die yet another night. I mean, there's so many good heavy riff moments on here, man. When you're not there is more of a melodic one. Next in line, I love drumming with quiet subtlety. So those like those snare rolls that are kind of subdued are are yes from me. Um, yeah, you know what? One of my favorite drummers is Jeff Picaro from Toto, just because that guy can that guy could sadly no longer with us but but basically anybody who's been in toto is just fucking <laughs> what they do um yeah please come for me heavy ass riffs closer i mean as far as i'm concerned now we're talking we're in top tier corn zone we're in the yeah. cornhole <laughs> <laughs> why why did it why did it take this long for that to happen Welcome to the cornhole, everybody. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, let's let's wrap this up with my number eight. Um, the my number eight is the Path of Totality from 2011. Their cool. tenth album, um, uh, bringing on that the trendy choice of having Skrillex and other dubstep peeps um, produce or mix or whatever remix their music. That's the thing about this album that I. I don't know if this exists out there. If you're a big corn fan, let me know because I would like to see it. Um, I'm really interested in the process of this album being made because mm. I'd like to know, like, not only like how the how were the instruments recorded, what did the basic tracks sound like prior to Skrillex or whoever else getting their hands on it and adding their flavor to it. Um, not that I think the album would need to be like that, but I'm just fascinated at like, yeah, what 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 did they present them with or when did Skrillex come on board at what point, you mm -hmm. know? And so because it's for them, it's just a really interesting album of taking the corn sound and merging it with this whole dubstep thing that was happening. To be completely yes. honest, this is the only way I ever want to listen to dubstep is this album <laughs> Right here with corn, because um, I yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah, or just merged with something else interesting. Because hmm. I think my only my big issue with not just dubstep, but with elect you know EDM electronic dance music in general is that on its own it's so not interesting, hmm. and people pay money to go live and watch a guy with a laptop top push a button, and I'm just like. I don't understand the appeal of that because even the music on its own doesn't have enough for me to sink my teeth into. I, well, I, I it, like that. That's that's where the drugs come in. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't like, really. Yeah, I'm more of a beer person. I guess yeah. Beer yeah. and beer and EDM <laughs> do not mix. Yeah, <laughs> it's very aggravating. Yeah. But uh, oh. but yeah, I really like I really like um, that the band took the step to make the took the dubstep to hey. uh, make this album because I I think it's <laughs> it's it feels like a marriage that was intended to happen at some point and there's such a great energy to all of these tracks that to me makes up for the fact that there's not like the heavy rock sound. Yeah. And it's almost like it works perfectly with their sound. And, and um, I think 
yeah, I really enjoy all of this album. But going through this and listening to it and trying to compare it to the other Corn stuff that I really like and you know the songs that I like a lot from Corn and whatever, something became very clear to me. So I do think this is a fantastic album. But I think in the end, it's an album that is is together much better than the sum of its parts, if that makes yeah. sense. Hmm. So the songs themselves, I'm like, these aren't amazing songs. And like I said, dubstep on his own on its own is not amazing to me. Hmm. Um but for some reason, you put these things together and the way that it's done on this album, I'm just like, yeah. It's like taking songs that are just pretty good and then these elements, I think, make them way better. Yeah. And I just think overall it's a really great album. But I would, I do I do understand why some people wouldn't like this one because it's not what you go to Corn for. And especially at the time in 2011, you know, the minute that they announced they're working with Skrillex, I know like collectively the entire metal world rolled their eyes. Cause it's just, cause, and I did it too. I, I remember it. <laughs> I remember, re- I, I remember reading Kerrang magazines at the time. And all of a sudden there was this sudden push where you would see Skrillex shows being reviewed and Skrillex albums being reviewed. And I was like, just because they did an album with Corn, right? Well, didn't wasn't Skrillex it's, originally a guy in rock bands? He was in like a kind of post-hardcore type, you know, kind of emo-ish ish band before okay. he became Skrillex. And I, th- I think yeah. he, they were like a featured artist one week. So uh, I'm, oh, I can't remember the name of what, what they were called now, but... Yeah, I mean, oh, well. there's people make those shifts. Fucking Post Malone, I think, was like a guy in like emo or yeah. hardcore, some kind of band like that before he went and did the whatever the hell he's doing. Yeah, you ever see that? I have a love hate of Rooster. They did of who of uh, um, Post Malone. He did like a, a live cover of Rooster. Alice no, I haven't seen. So I have a I have a weird love hate relationship with Post Malone because there's so many things he does that I think are awful. But he won he won my heart because he did that live stream where he did all the Nirvana songs. Yeah, and they sounded yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, good for him. But no, I yeah. never heard Rooster. Is it is it that good? Is it a good cover? I can't remember if it was like an encore for that set or not. Um, I oh, remember. Oh, him, I don't know. I remember him doing like a a cover of it and it was really cool it was just cool to see you know yeah, yeah. I, I mean I'm, you know he's he appeals to, to um, people who like s- certain music that I don't like so it's mm. like one of those things where I can't really comment on them because I'm like eh it's not for me so I, yeah. what the fuck do I know but I, I like do know that dude. I've seen well yeah he yeah. seems cool but at the same time like I've seen and heard so many Nirvana covers over the years, and almost every single time I go, no, this doesn't need to fucking exist. But he managed to literally Puddle do a live mud. performance. Yeah, exactly. But even He's ones a that are friend. <laughs> even ones that are that are you know considered well done by other people, I'm still like, nope, they they didn't fucking get it right. Um, but for some reason, he did. And I don't know how he did it, but I will always like him just because of that. Um, that's that took us way far away from Corn, which from Skrillex <laughs> to Post Malone. But you know, it's that's it, it, Corn lives in a world where I think 
everybody can get on board at some point. It's like the yeah. early, you know, the Got the Life video. You know, at the end of it, they have a huge party, and it's got apparently Eminem's there, and Fred Durst is there, and yeah. you know, it's like I feel like Corn is that album, is that album, is that band that Corn throws a party, and Snoop Dogg's coming, and Skrillex yeah. is coming, and um, they broke boundaries, know. man. They really broke new yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah, and but I and I really do think that they've proven themselves over time to not only tear down this wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think they've proven themselves as a band that are not only legendary, but also just like one of the best, just like mm-hmm. as a as a heavy rock band. And I think they're they're one that like as a large amount of people agree like, yeah, Korn's great. And uh, yeah. we're we're two of them. Um, and we're only done with fucking half of their albums, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. We, we, this is we're not in the full blown love zone yet. We're not we're not we're not deep in the cornhole. No, we are not. We're not. We, we, we've, we've stepped into the cornhole. Yeah, but we haven't fully just, just penetrated. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, for next next time, it will be full insertion. Just yeah. so right to you, the base, all, right to the root. Yeah, we're pro- we're probably we're probably going to be filling all the holes um, in that episode. So hopefully you're here for it. <laughs> Balls uh, deep, as they say. We're going to be balls deep in corn. Balls next, deep in uh, the front and the back bum. The front bum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, how do you end it any better than that? All right, that was our that was our uh, bottom seven corn albums. And uh, next time you see us, we will be ranking the top seven corn albums. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you very much for being here. Peanut butter platypus. To those of you, um, our, our Scottish buddy and all of our other buddies around the world, um, and I use the term buddy as in it's all inclusive. Ladies can be our buddies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't really get any comments from females, but you know, if you're a female listener, you know, drop us a line and um, let us know. Um, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to end this one. <laughs> um, this was fun, and I'm glad we're back doing this. So, um, do you have any parting words? Uh, all right that was that was definitely a twist um god all right that's a, that's that the last the bad joke of the show yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's that's it for this episode of Cranked and Ranked. We'll be back that next time. That wasn't mean spirited, corn. by the way. That was just an observation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, we're done yeah. now. Bye. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. We're going we, <laughs> to. You can later, my dude, and fucking like it. And that will be yeah. the end right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>